Welcome, Zaslo Show 2.0. It is a Thursday, the 31st of August. Good to have you aboard. Presented as always by our title sponsor, Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. If you've been involved in any kind of an accident, I'd send you where they're going to get you the money you deserve while treating you like family, which is the kind of care you need when you're dealing with a personal injury. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. 800-747-FREE. 800-747-3733. Glad to have you here with us. We're almost there. It's almost the weekend, but tonight we're going to whet your appetite a little bit. As we got college football week one underway, we got the Florida Gators. The Gators are taking on the Utes. Florida, Utah tonight. Utah last I checked, four and a half point favorite. I think they opened up much higher than that, maybe like nine and a half. Utah, four and a half point favorite. So we got the Gators on television tonight. I'm looking forward to that. Very exciting times. Now, I'm also going to be on ESPN Radio this afternoon, so I hope you guys tune in. I'm filling in Afternoon Drive once again, Canty and Carlin, so from 3 to 7 p.m., I'll be on ESPN Radio, filling in with my guy Mark Zinno. We did Canty and Carlin last Friday, I believe it was, so I'll be hosting Canty and Carlin today, 3 to 7 p.m. You can listen to SiriusXM Channel 80 ESPN Radio or on the ESPN app. You got those tabs on the bottom there. You click listen. You could find it, ESPN Radio. Now, of course, ESPN West Palm, 106.3 FM. That's the local ESPN affiliate here. But they also have local programming. They don't always have the syndication. On the weekends, you could always hear me on ESPN Radio, on ESPN 106.3 FM, West Palm, because they have all national on the weekend. But during the week, they have their own programming. So I don't know that you'll be able to get it there. 106.3 FM. So either on the ESPN app you can listen, or of course, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Looking forward to that. I'll be on ESPN Radio again this afternoon. You may notice, look at this right here, a new little addition to the the video background portion of Zaslow Show 2.0. That's my guy right there, Matthew Kachuk. That, of course, if you could see, that's when he's skating over to the bench with 4.3 seconds left in Game 4 of the Eastern Conference Finals after he scores the winning goal for the Panthers. I think that made it 3-2, 4-3 maybe. The winning goal for the Panthers to win the Eastern Conference Championship and complete the sweep of those bastard Carolina Hurricanes. Kachuk with the goal, skates over the bench. They're all so excited. One of the best moments of my life. Oh my God, what a run. And I told you guys yesterday, I miss the Panthers so much, man. I miss them so much. And and so, I'm impulsive. And I did an impulsive thing yesterday. I miss them so much. You know what? I'm a, I'm going to go I'm going to go print out a, a a Matthew Kachuk Florida Panther picture and I'm going to post it on my background here for Zaslow Show 2.0. So there it is right there. That's a nice little addition, right? And next to each other, you got arguably the two greatest moments in Florida Panthers history, right? We're here. You have Kachuk's game winner with 4.3 seconds left to win the Eastern Conference Championship. And right over here, you got the diagram. You got the play of the goal from Billy Lindsay in Game 5 of the 1996 quarterfinals against the Boston Bruins where Billy skates around Raymond Bork 
and he beats uh, uh, Tim Ranford. Was that his name? Tim Ranford? And he beats Ranford for the game-winning goal there in the third period, and the Panthers would win that series. So two of the greatest goals in Panthers history right here, immortalized on the wall here in the Zaslow Mansion studio. So there you go. I miss the Panthers so much. Apparently, like I, I mentioned that on Twitter. You can always follow me. Hit me up at Zaslow Show. And I mentioned that on Twitter today. And apparently we're 42 days away from, from Panther season start. I can't wait. It's a great time of year. Panthers are right around the corner. Heat are right around the corner. Tomorrow's September, which means training camps are getting going for both those clubs. You got the uh, college football. like kind of officially feels like it's back tonight because this is week one. Gators are playing tonight. Hurricanes are playing tomorrow. It's all happening. Major League Baseball players, Marlins are done. Marlins are so done. They just got swept. They lost 8-2 a couple nights ago to Tampa at home. They lost 3-0 last night. This David Robertson is a real piece of shit. Like Kim Ming, she went out and did a great thing. Got the best reliever out there available on the market from the Mets. Traded for David Robertson. And he's turned out to be a real piece of shit. I mean, he's blown so many games. He's blown at least three saves. And last night wasn't a save opportunity. It was the 10th inning and the game was tied. He gave up three runs. He's a real piece of shit, David Robertson. So the the Marlins, they are now under 500 for the first time since May. Yep. And yeah, they're done. Marlins are done. And and I guess I guess you could say, look, they held this over until football season. They did their job. But the way that things were going, I I was thinking about going to my first ever Major League Baseball postseason game. I mean, the Marlins were 14 games over 500 at the All-Star break. They were 53 and 39. They are now 66 and 67. So 53 and 39 at the All-Star break. And since the All-Star break, the Marlins are 13 and 28. Holy shit. Just what a collapse. And they can't hit. And Kimming did a nice job. By, like, you can't falter for adding David Robertson. Josh Bell, Jake Berger. These were good additions. And guys who are going to be on the team next year. Not Robertson. And guys who are going to be on the team next year. But they, just an epic collapse. They're done. Like, you don't have to pay attention. Any kind of wild card standings. The Marlins are toast. They're probably not even going to finish over 500 at this point. They're under 500 now. So that's super disappointing. Now, last night, so Inter-Miami back in action last night. And you guys be saying to yourself, Zaslow, did you sell your Inter-Miami tickets? Because last night was the first game, the first MLS home game where season ticket holders, and I don't know if you know, I'm an inaugural season ticket holder, season ticket holders, they have tickets for the game last night. We didn't have tickets for League's Cup games, you know, or even the U.S. Open Cup, which that game was on the road. Yeah, anyway, so... Last night I had my tickets, and I already told you, I'm selling my tickets. I'm selling them. I'm going to make back a ton of money. The demand is there because they hadn't lost. They were 9-0 and at that point going into last night's game with Lionel Messi, and I'm going to sell these tickets, and obviously I'm re-upping for next year, and I'll sell a bunch next year, but also go to a lot next year, and it'll all pay for itself. So, yeah, I sold the tickets last night. Got a nice little return. How about that? And we're watching the game at home. And so, I mean, they didn't even have that many great chances. It's the second time they played Nashville. And I said this yesterday where you wonder, 
And, and Nashville is a tight game anyway. Remember, they beat Nashville in the League's Cup Finals. You wonder if when they're facing some of these teams for a second time. And yesterday, ESPN's Luis Miguel Echegaray joined us on the show. And he mentioned this as well, where, you know, maybe teams are not going to be as starstruck the second time around. And not that Nashville was starstruck the first time around, because they weren't. They had a 2-0 lead on Inter-Miami. But last night, uh, Inter-Miami had the ball most of the game. Inter-Miami controlled the game, but didn't really feel like they had many great chances. Had a couple free kicks. Messi had a couple free kicks right outside the 18. One of them went, uh, one of them was blocked by the wall. <laughs> the other one, the goalie, made an easy enough save. But it's remind me, it was a draw last night. 0-0. Nil-nil. We're an inclusive soccer show. Nil-nil. That means, that means it was scoreless. So, a nil-nil draw last night against Nashville. And the first game that Inter-Miami, with Messi, did not win. Now, they had three or four games where full-time ends and it's tied. And then they would go to penalties. Or like in the U.S. Open Cup, they would go to extra time and then ended up having to go to penalties. MLS game just ends in a draw. So, Inter-Miami gets a point last night. They are 10 points back of the final playoff spot with 10 games to go. Can't afford not to win these games. Especially at home. So, like, like I said, they probably have to win 9 or 10 of the final 12 games. In order to make the playoffs. So let's say they have to win 10 of 12 to make the playoffs. Well, and I'm not talking about one of those games could be a draw. I'm talking about win 10 of 12 and maybe one of the two games that they don't win is a draw. Well, they gave one of those games away already last night. So now with 10 games remaining, probably down to having to win 9 of the final 10. Draws aren't going to cut it. So last night was not a good result for Inter-Miami. Better than a loss, you gotta get a point, but not a good result there last night for Inter-Miami. So, and, and, and by the way, because of international call-ups, on September 9th, which is a home game, sucks that it's a home game, because it's a home game against Sporting uh, Kansas City, Kansas City Sporting, however the hell they say their name, Drake Callender has been called up to national, Bana Kromaski has been called up to national, and I don't think Messi's gonna be available there either. So they're going to be very shorthanded that September 9th game against Sporting KC. Last night was a game that they that you got to get. So not a good result last night for Inter-Miami. Obviously still so much fun watching. Sucks they didn't score a goal. Because look, and you know what? Last night was a good thing for MLS. Because the talk has been messy. Yes, Messi's amazing. But he's so dominant because MLS is a shit league. All right, well. Inter-Miami's been a juggernaut, and last night was a much harder game. Inter-Miami didn't score, and they didn't even have that many great chances. So Now, they're playing a good team. Nationally, I think they're like 7th in, in, in the Eastern Conference, but last night was probably a good sign for MLS, where, all right, you know, l- league may not be as easy as people originally thought. All right, there you have it. Let's get to some Dolphin stuff, and there is Dolphin news, and it's kind of negative Dolphin news today. But first, guys... I've been getting my homeowner's insurance through Brunt Insurance for about a, about 10 years now. Yeah, 10 years. And that's because not only do I know that my home is covered, I'm not going to have any problems, God forbid there's some type of disaster, but I get my homeowner's insurance at the best rate out there. Call Brunt Insurance today. Even if you have homeowner's insurance, 
Compare. Call Brunt Insurance, 954-589-2204. Make sure you're getting the best rate out there. Because I'm telling you, you're going to call Brunt Insurance at 954-589-2204, and you're going to see, wow, I should be paying so much less. I'm switching on over to Brunt Insurance. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. And with offices all throughout the state of Florida, you could be calling from anywhere. Wherever you're calling from in Florida, Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance, they have the expertise and the experience to find the right coverage for you wherever you're calling from. 954-589-2204, you're making the right call. And that includes comprehensive policies both on trailers and motorhomes. If you need insurance on your car, your motorcycle, your boat, I've been getting my homeowner's insurance through Brunt Insurance, but they're going to cover everything you need. 954-589-2204. Look, there are so many options out there. You may not be getting the right coverage. You may not be getting enough coverage. Well, at Brunt Insurance, they specialize in making all those confusing options out there crystal clear. 954-589-2204. Bruntinsurance.com. So... Dolphins today placed Jeff Wilson on injured reserve. He might miss the whole season. He doesn't have to. I mean, it's the same injured reserve Jalen Ramsey's on. But it's looking like Jeff Wilson might be out for the season. So he's on injured reserve. That's shitty news, but I really don't think it's a big deal because, look, even without acquiring Jonathan Taylor, you got Raheem Mostert, you got Devin Achain, you got Savan Ahmed. You got three guys there who you like. And they got the rookie, what's his name, Brooks? Four guys right there. You could always go pick somebody up. I know Miles Gaskin, they released. I think he was picked up by Minnesota yesterday or, or or two days ago. and I think yesterday. But Jeff Wilson, he's on injured reserve. Probably going to miss the whole season. I got to tell you, though. I'm starting now to get really excited for the start of the season. And it's different from most years because, yes, we were excited going into last year. You just acquired Tyreek Hill. But it feels different the start of this year from most years because... We know they're awesome, and we know they're going to be a lot of fun. We were hoping they were going to be a lot of fun last year. Nobody thought they were going to be as good as they were. You didn't expect the offense to be one of the best in the entire National Football League. You couldn't have expected Tua to put up elite numbers and be in the MVP conversation. We know what Tua is now. We know what Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle look like out there. And now, of course, you got a new defensive coordinator... It feels different going into this season from most years. We know they're awesome, and we know they're going to be a lot of fun. So, I'm at the point now where, yeah, I'm starting to get super excited for the start of Dolphins season. Now, it's Thursday. couple things we always do on Thursdays. Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag, that's coming up also. Jamie Eisenberg, CBS Sports Fantasy Football. He's going to join us as well. He During the season, he'll answer your fantasy football questions, who to start, who to sit, that kind of deal. But you guys may be having your draft this weekend. We, season starts a week from tonight, Lions and Chiefs. We're going to give you a few extra tips before the you know before you have your draft. We'll have you get those in, maybe, maybe learn you up a little bit at the last minute here before the season starts. So our pal Jamie Eisenberg, he's going to join us coming up, of course. So how about this? Yesterday, TMZ. TMZ managed to catch up with Joe Montana. That's right. And Joe Montana, how about this? 
Joe Montana telling you not only is he not the greatest quarterback ever, but neither is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback ever. How about this? From Joe Montana, quote, put Marino into today's game where he gets free release and his receivers, holy cow, weren't very big. Now these guys are 6'4", 6'5". I think Marino is probably one of the most unsung heroes of the game. People don't talk enough about him or realize the numbers that he put up during the times that he put them up. He had the perfect torque of his upper body and strength to deliver the ball quickly at a fast release with accuracy. So how about that? Joe Montana, not only is he saying he's not the best, he's saying Brady's not the best, Marino's the best, and now it is settled. A decades-long debate, especially here in South Florida, Marino or Montana, it's over. We have finally ended it. What are we going to talk about now? Montana confirmed Marino, best ever. What a great day down here. Now we know. I love this. I also love it because I love when people talk about Marino and describe what he was like. And this is like an opportunity to do that. This very talk show, television, radio, where you get to talk about Montana's comments. And it makes me, it makes me feel so good that I got to see it. That I get to tell people what it was like watching Marino. Like, you know, I always go back, man, if you're, if you're a hardcore Dolphin fan and you're like 30 years old. Let's say you're 30 years old. So you were born in 93. So maybe, let's say the earliest you started to pay attention to the Dolphins was maybe you were six. That's Marino's last year, 1999. Now, yes, Marino won a road playoff game his last year. The last time the Dolphins won a road playoff game, 1999, at the Seattle Seahawks, who were an AFC team back then. But you don't, like, you didn't see Marino if you're 30 years old. That, to me, is crazy. You'd see Marino. How can you not have seen Marino and be a Dolphin fan? But, yeah, that's, that's where we're at now. It's the age I'm at in my life. And I love hearing people talk just about letting you know, learning you up about how amazing Marino was. He was big. The footwork. The Accuracy, the confidence, throw, I mean, just throwing darts, a cannon of an arm, strongest arm, amazing deep ball, the quickest release you've ever seen, so smart, he was calling his own plays out there. I love getting to hear people talk about Marino again and describe Marino. I love that. So that's cool that that came out with Joe Montana. Now, and what, well, you know what, uh, J- Jamie used to cover the Dolphins, Jamie Eisberg covered the Dolphins here for the Palm Beach Post, and he's around my age, he's a year or two older than me, so he'll definitely be able to talk about Marino, we'll ask him about that. So how about this, last night, <coughs> I was on Vizin Live, which uh, I-, I go on with those guys every now and then, and we were talking about the Dolphins, Jonathan Taylor stuff, and it was like, you know, do you have any idea, they asked me, do you have any idea what the Dolphins, w- what the Colts were asking for, and I didn't at the time. And then it comes out that apparently the Colts asked for Jalen Waddle. That's how you know the Colts are not a serious operation. They asked for Waddle in return for Jonathan Taylor. 
That's why this trade was always going to be difficult. Because even if you co- you got to come to two agreements, it's hard enough to come to one agreement. You got to come to two agreements. And even if you came to an agreement with Jonathan Taylor, which I think they probably did if they were even negotiating with the Colts. If you come to an agreement with Taylor, then you got to deal with that kook, James Ursay. That's why this deal was always going to be difficult. Not only do you have to come up with two agreements, but you're dealing with not even... It doesn't even sound like you were dealing with the GM, Chris Boward. It sounds like Ursay is in control of this situation with the running back. And they're at, that's how you know Ursay was in charge of this scenario because asking for Jalen Waddle for a running back in today's NFL economy... You're not a serious person. If you're asking for Jalen Waddle, you're not a serious person. So, even if you came to an agreement with Taylor, you still then had to deal with the Colts. And that's why this deal was never going to go down. Here's Chris Ballard yesterday, Colts general manager, talking about, uh, yeah, it's just a lousy situation right now. As you probably know, uh, I, I think this is true, that he offered to... Uh, come in if you guys would take that off the table. Is that true? Did, did I, never, I never had, you know, I never had that discussion about that. I mean, they asked if we would use it, and I said, well, it's a tool. Yeah, it is. It is a it is a tool. Um, it was CBA bargained, you know. So I'm not, like, the one thing, and I told Jonathan this. I said, I don't want to say something that is not true. Like, I don't want to lead him down. I don't want to lead him down a path and say, okay, give it. And then it, and then he looks at me and says, well, you're a liar. That, no. And you're not doing to do that. I don't, you don't want to make false promises that you can't keep, especially with players, because the second you do it, you're done. Like, I know it looks not the best right now, but I know I've never lied to him. I know that for, I've never lied to him. Yeah, I, I, again, that was Chris Boward. Colts general manager, I ultimately believe that the relationship is repairable, and I think the main reason the relationship is repairable is because Jonathan Taylor probably got a glimpse of what other teams are willing to offer him in contract, and the way that the relationship is repairable is through money! That's what the money's for! So, if the Colts can come around and give him a reasonable deal... In that sport, in the NFL, you have to go where the money is. You can't allow personal feelings to get involved. So, I do believe there's a world where that relationship is repaired and he winds up signing some type of extension. Not the one he wanted, but some type of extension. So, yeah, there you have it. Uh, Love love the Montana stuff. Love that. Alright, before we get Jamie on board here, guys... You know one of my favorite sponsors, my guy Colin, founder and CEO of the only bed sheets we use in the Zaslow Mansion. You know we're talking about sheets and giggles. My wife and I, we have the best sleep. We're so comfortable. It's amazing. We wake up so refreshed, and it's it has so much to do with sleeping on the softest, the coolest, the most breathable sheets out there. You know I'm talking about sheets and giggles. The Zaslow family, we are four, all four of us. We're four of over 100,000 Americans who sleep on sheets and giggles now. We're talking sustainably made from the wood of eucalyptus trees. That's right. And my man Colin, he cares about the environment 
just as much as he cares about us getting great sleep. That's why they don't touch any ancient or endangered forests. And two new trees are planted on their farms every time one is harvested. Sheets and Giggles. SheetsGiggles.com. Tell you what. Can't wait for Heat and Panther season to start again after those heat wins. And my man Colin sends out those promo codes. Use promo code Kachuk. Use promo code Jimmy. And then you get the great deals. Right now, use promo code Zazlo. Upon your first order at checkout, you'll get 20% off. Sheets and Giggles, the only sheets I ever sleep on. Go to SheetsGiggles.com. All guests on Zazlo Show 2.0 are brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. How are you going to enjoy the college football tonight? Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Mas. Remember, always drink responsibly. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's Johnny Cuba. And, of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Our pal is CBS Sports fantasy football expert, Jamie Eisenberg. He joins us every Thursday as we get you ready for your week's games. We got one more opportunity here to get you ready for your draft if you've been waiting until the very end of the preseason. Jamie, good morning. And I guess there still are some people out there, right, who are going to get some fantasy football draft advice here. Like, I guess the latest you could, uh, the latest you could wait, we're a, a week away, a week tonight from Lions and Chiefs. Uh, I guess we, we still have the opportunity to give some people some advice for this weekend. I was actually told as that uh, the busiest draft day for us, at least that what, what we're anticipating, is the Tuesday after Labor Day, which, you know, makes some sense that, you know, people like to, they can't get together and, and do drafts in person, you know, so the online drafts, the majority of them will be on Tuesday. So, yeah, you know, a lot of people like to wait to the last minute, you know, and as we just found out, Jeff Wilson being placed on injured reserve, you know, so there's a big news for the Dolphins backfield. Um, you know, there's going to be probably a, a move that may happen. Obviously, Jonathan Taylor news, you know, was a big surprise. So anybody who drafted, you know, the previous couple of weeks, probably disappointed where they drafted Taylor. So the more information you have, the better off you are. And so waiting to the last minute doesn't always necessarily hurt. Hey, so you had, before we get down to the meat of everything here today and try and help some people out, you guys in CBS Sports Fantasy Football, you had you had your, your draft, you had your marathon yesterday, right? That was in, you know, in conjunction to help raise money for St. Jude's, right? We did. It was uh, six hours on our YouTube page, and we raised over $120,000 for uh, St. Jude, which was, you know, incredible. And we had a lot of fun, you know, gave a lot of Hopefully good fantasy advice and, you know, had a lot of different analysts from around the industry come on and join us. So it was uh, it was a fun event, you know, when obviously benefiting a great cost. All right. Let's let's talk about what went down with Jonathan Taylor this week. Did you think he was going to get traded? And then on top of that, where do we stand now? If you have a draft between now, like you said, the day after Labor Day, we know Jonathan Taylor's out the first four weeks, at least for now. He is still on the Colts. So were you surprised that he was not traded? And what advice do you give to the fantasy football drafter as far as where they should take Jonathan Taylor? I was surprised that he was not traded and he still can get traded. You know, I think people see him placed on the pup list, think that he cannot be traded. He can. He just, whatever team he goes to, cannot use him until after the four games that he has to stay I mean, on what the kind, Jamie, what kind of backwards rule is that? Like, why can't the team that trades for him like we didn't put you on the pup, so we're taking you off. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a good call. Um, I I I don't know exactly what the specifics are, but you know, I'm sure that there's probably a lot of 
you know, or were they doing this just to try and, you know, get some negotiating tactics done? Uh, who knows? You know, the NFLPAs and, and, and the collective bargaining agreement are very screwy at this point. Um, so, yeah, so he, he could still be traded. And I, I'm, I'm sure the Dolphins, after, again, placing him, placing Jeff Wilson on injured reserve, may be exploring that option because, you know, do they want to look at Kareem Hunt? Do they want to look at Leonard Fournette? You know, any of these other running backs out there. But in, the, in terms of Jonathan Taylor, you know, you have to anticipate that he's going to miss the, the first four games when you're drafting him. And then you have to wonder how disgruntled is he because of the contract situation? Will he just make sure he gets his accrued game, which I believe uh, it's six at this point, or maybe it's eight. I'm not sure the exact number, but, you know, you, you're talking about minimal games played this year. If he wants to go that route, just to make sure he gets his year of service. But the fact that Chris Ballard, the general manager of the Colts, said that the ankle is still a problem should make you a little bit concerned. And so I've dropped Taylor from the second round to basically the seventh round. And even then might be too soon, just because if he doesn't play, you're obviously wasting a pick, but that's usually the spot of, of where you start to look at guys that are going to get dropped off your fantasy team because of some inconsistencies. So I think when you talk about lottery ticket type of guys, that's where you have to sort of view Jonathan Taylor at this point, but he's a number three running back at best. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. So he's clearly not a starter for the time being, but you would have him right now as maybe your first backup. I wouldn't be opposed to that, but there are just other guys I think that you can draft that have more upside. Like, for example, Jalen Warren's been one of my favorite guys all offseason, the number two running back in Pittsburgh. At this point in PPR, I'd take him over Jonathan Taylor just because he's an injury away from being the starter for what I think is going to be a surprise offense in, in, in Pittsburgh. So it's those type of guys that you're you know putting him in that category, which is you know surprising. And to be honest, a little bit sad because, you know, Jonathan Taylor last year, the number one overall pick in the majority of leagues, he's fallen very, very far, very fast. What did you make of the Trey Lance stuff? You know, we spoke last week on Thursday. Trey Lance was then uh, traded the next day on Friday. What did you make of that whole situation? And, and you know, what, what do you think Dallas is thinking there? I think Dallas is taking a flyer on a guy that was, you know, top three overall pick in the NFL draft that is unproven and, you know, maybe their quarterback of the future. If, you know, Dak Prescott continues to throw interceptions and he's getting older and his contract's coming up soon. So, you know, I, I'm always in favor of teams that do this. You know, uh, once upon a time, the the Jaguars, or I think the 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 Packers, excuse me, I'll, I'll go that route. The Packers found Brett Favre off the Falcons, you know, bench. You know, so you can always find, you know, something that might be able to help you at some point down the road. And so, you know, for the investment, yeah, maybe a little bit too rich because some people I thought maybe he would go for a conditional pick, maybe a sixth or seventh round pick as well. He was just, you know, falling out of favor that quickly. But, you know, you never, you never look at, at – at situations like this and say they, they made a bad decision, you know, maybe they put a little pressure on Dak and you'd have to warn it that route. But I, I think they're trying to find talent and, and to find it relatively cheap. That's a good move. What do you make of Dak Prescott this year for fantasy purposes? Good quarterback to wait for, you know, he had some inconsistencies last year, missed four games with a broken thumb, but look, he's got very good weapons around him. They bring in Brandon cooks, Michael Gallup should be healthier. We know about CD lamb, you know, is establishing himself as one of the best you know receivers in the game. So the fact that Mike McCarthy said they didn't want to throw the ball as much, I think was a little bit overblown because it was really more about pace of play. He just didn't want to have his offense on the field as much as, you know, I think he, excuse me, didn't want to have his defense on the field as much as he wanted to. He wants to slow down the game a little bit more. Um, but again, the, the offseason moves that they made, bringing in a guy like Cooks and, you know, allowing Dak to, I think, be a little bit more prolific in, in his, his passing attack, just if he can cut down on the interceptions, he'll be in a good spot. So, um, not a top 10 quarterback, but just outside that group. He's a great guy. If you draft somebody, let's say like Anthony Richardson to pair those two guys together. All right. So I, I, I want to talk about some tight ends here with you. Cause I feel like we, we haven't, you know, we've talked running backs, we've talked wide receivers, quarterbacks. I don't feel like we've gotten into tight ends. So for people who are still doing their draft this weekend, let's do a little bit of that. Why don't you, and, and I know you, you wrote about it last week. So let's do a little bit of tight ends here 
who are some sleepers where, you know, uh, sleepers who could start for you where the, the main guys go early, you know, Kelsey goes in the first round most likely, then guys like Mark Andrews, Greg Kittle are selected. If you're going to wait till like round eight, nine, maybe even round 10 to get your tight end, who, who, are, who are some value options there? So the first two places I would look at, and you can say these guys are potential breakouts as well, not just sleepers, but the two rookies, Dalton Kincaid and Sam LaPorta. Kincaid's in a great spot in Buffalo just because he's attached to Josh Allen. That's always a good place to be. And he could be third on the team in targets. LaPorta might be second on the team in targets for the Lions. And I think people think, oh, it's the Detroit Lions. This is going to be a really good offense. So what they've done with their new coordinator from last year, you know, a season and a half ago when he took over, uh, Ben Johnson, their offense is, is going to be very, very good this year. And, and Laporte is a big reason why. So those are two guys that I look at. And if you draft them, I think you want to pair them with some other guys, which also fall into this category. So Chigo Conco for the Titans is one of my favorite guys. You know, I, I think he's on a team that's not going to throw the ball as much as you'd like. But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is in his 30s already. Traylon Burks has already been banged up. They just put Kyle Phillips on into reserve. So Oconco could be a sneaky option. Uh, Jawan Johnson is one of my favorite guys also, the tight end for the Saints. Um, Derek Carr, we know once upon a time with Darren Waller, the connection to the tight end was very good. And Johnson's coming off a season where he scored seven touchdowns last year. I think he's going to do more, though, from a catches and yards standpoint. And then Jake Ferguson for the Cowboys is a guy you want to keep an eye on. Uh, Dalton Schultz has been very consistent for the Cowboys the last couple of years. He's now in Houston. Um, Dak Prescott in six of seven seasons as the quarterback for Dallas has gotten his tight ends 83 targets or more. And that's not exactly elite, but it's also not something to overlook. And so three of those seasons, the tight end has been one or two in terms of targets on the team. And that's a big thing to look for. If you can be first or second on your team in targets from that position, it tends to lead to quality production. So uh, there's a handful of guys you can look at with late round picks. Who who are some of the tight ends that are going early? And I, I mentioned a few of them there that you think are being overvalued. The biggest one to me is George Kittle. Um, I know he's been awesome, and I think he's still going to be good. But Brock Purdy, when he was took over last year, we saw a big dip in production when everybody was healthy. Kittle was you know, basically third, in some cases fourth on the team in targets behind Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and Christian McCaffrey. And so he did a great job when Debo wasn't there, and that's the thing you got to look at. These 49ers guys, for whatever reason, they don't stay healthy all the same time all at the same time. And now Kittle's also dealing with a groin injury going into the start of the season. So I expect him to be fine. But for me, he's the most over one of those players in fantasy. I think it's just, you know, you look at his name. And and again, when you talk about tight ends from an NFL perspective, he's such a good blocker. That's why he's always rated high among the position. But for fantasy, he misses time, doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. And I think this season he's going to really start to tail off a little bit because of all the mouths defeat in San Francisco. I want to I want to bring up something that we've been talking about on the show today, Jamie. It is not fantasy related, but you're you're around the same age as me, so certainly you could contribute to this conversation. Where I don't know if you saw TMZ caught up with Joe Montana, and Joe Montana said that not only is Tom Brady, well, not only is he not the best quarterback ever, but neither is Tom Brady the best quarterback ever. And matter of fact, the best ever is Dan Marino. And he wonders the things that Marino could have done today, considering what he was doing back then with all the rules being different. And I love when this kind of conversation comes up because while I obviously agree, I think Marino's the best ever. I like when I like when I get to think back about how amazing Marino was and like how lucky we were at our age, being able to see pretty much all of Marino's career. And I like hearing from people describe just how amazing Marino was, you know? 
He is, uh, in my opinion, the best to ever throw the ball. Um, you know, when you just talk about pure passers, obviously, you know, you got to factor in a lot of other things. So, you know, to say he was the best ever, he's in the conversation for me. Um, and, and I agree with you on a lot of things you said. The the fun part about um, uh, the, 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 the point about what he would do today, uh, I think it was, it had to be the Super Bowl in Miami when the Chiefs played the 49ers. And we had him on one of our shows. And somebody had asked him this earlier, and, and we asked him the same question. You know, how many yards would you throw for today? And he said 6,000. Yeah. You're like, wow, 6,000 yards. He goes, you know the best part about it is? You can never tell me I can't do it because you can never prove it. <laughs> so, you know, he uh, he he's, he had everything that you want from, uh, again, that position aside from the mobility, which we know got robbed when he, when he tore his Achilles. But, you know, imagine if he had a run game to support him. Imagine if he had, you know, actual – star receivers he made those guys stars mark Layton was a great player but you know not a superstar mark duper was a track guy that they made a football player nat moore was at the end of his career um you know he, he he really did a lot with with the group that he had and it's a shame that he never got the ring you know you put him in the category you know some of like the great nba players obviously you know the the malones the barclays those type of ewings those type of guys that just, you know never got that that title but i think he's probably the one that wears the mantle the most of, of the nfl guys um yeah you know the the there's a there's a a Twitter handle, I think it's DolphinsTalk.com, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they they post, I think, the the Dan throw of the day or Dan throw of the week. I'm not really? sure. I, I love it. Every time it pops up, I love it just because, like you said, you get to see those those throws, the tight windows that he put him in, uh, put the balls in. Um, I, I I really loved just you know as I got to understand the game a little bit more, the way that he just moved in the pocket. You know, there was there was pressure on him. He slid to his right. He slid to his left. You know, just to be able to uh, avoid the defender and then still throw a laser or, you know, just a strike down the middle of the field. Yeah, he was just fun to watch. Just, you know, if 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 you're a football fan, obviously, you know, a lot of your audience is Dolphins fans, you know, but the younger generation, you know, go back and watch what that guy was able to do and certainly to do it at that level at that time. You know, 5,000 yards in 1984 was just unheard of, and he's the first guy to ever do it. And, you know, the thing that's most impressive about that is think about how long – the, the 5,000 yards and also the 48 touchdowns. Think about how long those records held up. They held up for like 25 years, you know. Nowadays, offensive records get broken all the time. So, I mean, it, there's no better indicator how ahead of his time he was for those passing records to hold up for a quarter century. It, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's remarkable. You know, it's just... Uh, a credit to what that year was, you know, and, and, and really, you know, I think a lot of people thought when he got to the Super Bowl and they lost the 49ers, wow, this guy's going to be back, you know, yeah. 10 more times, you know, it's just, just a shame that it never worked out. Those bills teams were great that he ran into. And then, you know, the injury and you know, just got older in his career, but um, it's funny speaking of records, I had the benefit and, you know, growing up as a, as a Dolphins fan and as a Marino fan, I had the benefit of when we first started our fantasy show, we, we would do it in New York. And then after our show was done, I got to watch games with the NFL Today crew, which was in their green room uh, for CBS. And so I got to sit there and listen to Dan and Boomer Siason and, cool. and Shannon Sharp and these guys talk football. Just, you know, talk about a, a, a guy my age listening, just soaking it up. But I was sitting next to Dan Marino uh, the year that Cam Newton broke the rookie touchdown record, rookie rushing touchdown record for quarterbacks or touchdown record for quarterbacks. Excuse me. So he scored 14 rushing touchdowns that season. So I look over at Dan. Dan used to. Uh, I always like to have uh, eat, eat Twizzlers. <laughs> it was like a staple of, of, of his uh, green room experience. And so he's got his legs up on a chair and he's leaning back. And so I said, Dan, how many rushing touchdowns do you have? Did you have in your career? 
And he looks up at the ceiling and he paused and it felt like he paused for like, you know, 10 minutes, but it was probably 30 seconds. And he looks over at me and goes, do you think I give a bleep? <laughs> it just, just, just epitomizes, you know, he, he, he was just all about throwing the football, you know, and it was just, again, one of the best to ever do it, if not the best. Jamie, excellent job. Tell everybody how they can hear you and uh, and read you until the week start until the season starts next week. Go ahead. Yeah, the uh, CBSSports.com. You can follow us uh, our YouTube page. You know, for fantasy football today for our podcast and CBS Sports HQ for all of our video stuff. It's a busy time of year, obviously getting ready for you know the start of the season. But fantasy drafts are going to be very very active this weekend. So you know, I got a latest uh, sleepers, breakouts, and busts coming out, and a lot of other great content. So hopefully, you'll be ready to uh, dominate your fantasy leagues this year. Awesome. Thanks, Jamie. We'll talk next week, man. You got it, bud. Have a good weekend. See ya. Excellent job by Jamie. Always appreciate him joining us here every Thursday, and hopefully he was able to help you guys out moving forward. Very close. We're one week away from NFL season getting going, Chiefs and Lions. Very, very close. And, of course, Jamie joins us every Thursday. You guys already, everybody knows that. All right, before we continue on here, guys, if you're in the market for a new car, maybe you can't decide where to go. That's not a problem, because I'm telling you the only car dealership that I personally endorse, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, that's where I send you. You walk in the showroom doors at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you let a member of their friendly sales team navigate you in the right direction. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru carries the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. Whether you're looking for a spacious SUV for the entire family, maybe just something fun and simple, a sedan for your daily commute. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. You always get more at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Guaranteed most money for your trade and lifetime warranty included on all North Fort Lauderdale Subaru vehicles. You can shop right now from wherever you are. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. It's Thursday. You know what that means. Let's get to Zaslow Show 2.0 mailbag. That's right. I send out a note Wednesday night, Thursday morning. We do mailbag every Thursday show. You could send in whatever questions you want. It could be about anything. Let's get this thing started here. First up, this question here is from a man. Excuse me. It's from a man. Andrew, he writes in, Zaslow. Andrew's big pro wrestling fan. Zaslow, what are your thoughts on CM Punk, Jack Perry, all the drama going on there? Are we ever going to see CM Punk again? All right. So for those who don't know, apparently there was an altercation. I think there were a couple leading up to it. And there was another altercation this past weekend at AEW All-In, which was in London, Wembley Stadium. 81,000 fans there. And instead of all of us talking nonstop about... What a, it, it, was a, it was a great show. It really was. Great show. Instead of that, we're also talking about CM Punk, who apparently, along with Jack Perry, have been suspended, which is terrible because this coming weekend is AEW All Out, and that's in Chicago. You know people bought tickets to see Punk, but apparently he and Jack Perry are suspended. So, you don't really know what to believe, Andrew, right? Where... The, the dirt sheets, they love they love attaching CM Punk's name on the headlines, all the backstage stuff. That always gets all the clicks. But it does appear that Jack Perry and CM Punk are suspended. So some version of what happened behind the scenes there is true. Now, 
I like when CM Punk's around because he's super polarizing. But I think it's also very obvious, CM Punk is a major asshole. And it would appear that Tony Khan does not have control of the situation. So Tony Khan looks terrible. CM Punk obviously looks terrible. And my guess, my guess is we are going to see CM Punk again. But I don't think, and and I love the storyline where he's the real world's champion. I want to see where they're going there. You know, I, I think we're supposed to get Ricky Starks, you know, fighting him sometime soon. But that may have to be put on hold now. So, like, I, I like the real world's championship story. And I like seeing CM Punk. But I don't think he's long for AEW. He obviously seems to be a massive pain in the ass to work with. Next question here. This is from my man, Nix Hex. He sends in Saslow. <coughs> Favorite concert venue in South Florida. What's your favorite concert venue in the country? All right. Favorite concert venue in South Florida? Definitely not the amphitheater in West Palm Beach. It's so far from where I'm at. It's always so hot. And, uh, and yeah, it's outside. Like, I, I used to love going to that place when I was a kid. I hate having to go up there now. So, favorite concert venue in South Florida? Yeah, probably uh, FLA Live Arena. I love arena concerts. I love arena shows. And and I, and I love that building. It's, you know, between the arenas down here, the two of them, FLA Live Arena is easily my favorite arena. I love that building. So that, that's my favorite concert venue here in South Florida. In the country, you know, my wife and I, we, we would like one day to go to Red Rocks. Red Rocks is in, is in Colorado. She would like to go for a trip one time, maybe for her 50th birthday. That's in a few years that I'll take her to go see Dave Matthews Band at Red Rocks if it's one of the tours that Dave Matthews Band is playing there. So as far as in the country, we'd really like to go to see Red Rocks, but we've never been. So I love going to see shows in Madison Square Garden. I've seen Rage Against the Machine in Madison Square Garden. I've seen Pearl Jam a couple times, uh, three times in Madison Square Garden. (laughs) I've seen Dave Matthews Band in Madison Square Garden. Love going to Madison Square Garden for shows, so that's probably my favorite. Uh, also, another question here. Over, under, on Tua games started this season, 13 and a half. All right, so if it's 13 and a half, you're talking about missing four games. He's definitely going to miss a couple. That's for sure. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over 13 and a half games Tua plays. Tua starts, right? Well, starts, plays, that's the same thing. I mean, he's, he's probably not going to play a game that doesn't start. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go over 13 and a half. This question here... Oh, sorry about that. That's an alarm. This question here is from Kel. Kel asks, what's the difference between Zaslow Show 2.0? What's what's your major difference between Zaslow Show 2.0 and doing shows on ESPN Radio? Excellent question. Well, Zaslow Show 2.0 is, is very similar to the show that I've always done here in South Florida. Now, there's some differences because, of course... I don't have Amber by my side. I don't have Joy by my side. I don't have Romberg by my side. I'm doing it solo, which I, I, I started out doing Zaslow Show solo in the evenings my first few years. And then my last, what, year and a half, I did it solo in the middays. Zaslow Show 2.0 is the show that I've always done, essentially. The show that I'm always going to do and doing the show the way that I want to. ESPN Radio, obviously I'm talking about national topics, things that I would never talk about on Zaslow Show 2.0. You know, like last week, I'm talking a little bit about Navy and Notre Dame. 
I would never talk about that on Zaslow Show 2.0. So I got to pay attention to what's going on in the rest of the country and maybe what the majority of people want to hear about. Also, I can't... While I believe that I am injecting my personality, my show, here's the biggest difference. Zaslow Show 2.0 is personality-driven. ESPN Radio is topic-driven. And I, am, I, I think I'm doing a nice enough job injecting my personality into the topic-driven show. I'm never going to do, like, cookie-cutter shows, which I think is a lot of what you hear on, on ESPN Radio. When I say cookie-cutter, I mean... It's topic-driven. It's not about the host. It's about the subjects. It's about the topics. I'm never going to be totally straightforward like that. I'm going to lean toward that because that's what we're doing on ESPN Radio, but I'm always going to inject my personality into it. I don't want to be like everybody else. I want to stay as close to this version of me on, on, you know, my show as I possibly can. Excellent question, though. Next question here is from Aaron. He says, help settle an office debate. What is the perfect doneness for a steak? Okay, well, first of all, you know, if, if, you're, at a, if you're at a nice restaurant, you, you don't do ketchup, you don't do barbecue sauce. I love A1 steak sauce. Doesn't matter. You're not using any of that stuff. Now, as far, I mean, you're, you're white tea, if, if you are. Let's be honest. And as far as the perfect doneness goes, uh, I, 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 I do medium well. I don't do medium because I don't necessarily, although if I'm getting like a skirt steak, I do medium. But otherwise, I do medium well because I do like it a little bit red. But I, I don't necessarily trust the restaurant to to not have it too raw, too rare for my liking. So skirt steak, medium, everything else at a restaurant, I'll go medium well. Now, if I'm at like a really fancy restaurant, if I'm at Prime 112 or I'm at Capitol Grill... You know, and if I'm getting a filet, then I go medium for sure. There you go. I hope I helped settle that debate. This next question here is from Sammy. Sammy's asking, Zaslow, could the Dolphins still go after Jonathan Taylor? Well, the answer is yes. I mean, the trade deadline's October 31st, but but here's the thing. I, I think the Colts and Jonathan Taylor are going to repair that relationship. I think the Colts are going to offer him a contract. It's not going to be what he wanted, but I think he also may see out on the market there, since he had an opportunity to talk to other teams, that what he wants he's not necessarily going to be able to get. I think you have to take the money that you're being offered, especially in that league and at that position. I do think that they're going to be able to repair that relationship because ultimately, in that sport, money talks. So I think there is a scenario where he signs an extension with Indianapolis, but yes, of course, the Dolphins could still go after him. But I think that ship has sailed. Finally, one more here. Next question is from Frank. How hard did the Dolphins laugh at the Colts' offer? All right, I suppose you're talking about the Jalen Waddle stuff. And yeah, I, I, I feel like they probably laughed really hard. I mean, that, that goes to... Sh- it shows you two things. Number one, the Colts were never really serious about trading Jonathan Taylor. It's a lot of lip service where, okay, you're not happy here. Go out and you could go talk to other teams. We're not actually going to trade you, but go, go talk to other teams. It shows you two things. One, they weren't serious. And number two, that Jim Ursay is the one in charge. Now, we knew Jim Ursay is the one in charge, but it shows you Jim Ursay is the one who is making the final decision on this situation because that's not realistic. You're asking for Jalen Waddle? Get, look, I love you, but you're not serious people. Logan Roy, essentially, secession, it's like that scene. I love you, but you're not serious people. 
And that's what's happening right there. And that right there is another edition of Zaslow Show 2.0 Mailbag. All right. You guys know what time it is. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Always brought to us by Water Cleanup of Florida. Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage in your home, and your business? Is that a big deal? Maybe it's not a big deal. Let Water Cleanup of Florida tell you. When an unexpected damage occurs in your home or your business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Well, Water Cleanup of Florida knows the impact and the stress an unexpected disaster may cause, and they're going to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida also licensed general contractors, so they're providing that A to Z service, one-stop shopping. All of us busy owners, homeowners, and business owners require. You don't have to make any other phone calls. Water Cleanup of Florida is taking care of everything. Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635, or go to WCUFL.com. Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. Let Water Cleanup of Florida tell you if it's a big deal or not a big deal. All right, big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday on First Take, no, actually, it wasn't on First Take. It was on It was on his podcast, on the Stephen A. podcast, all right? Stephen A. Smith, you know, Ben Simmons, hey, a tradition unlike any other when Ben Simmons, when we get to the point in the summer where Ben Simmons starts posting the workout videos. That's right. And here's Stephen A. Smith on his podcast, and he blasted Ben Simmons. I'm pretty pissed off at Ben Simmons right now. I think Ben Simmons at this particular moment is trifling as hell. And I say that respectfully because I like him. I remember last year he came up to me and really opened up and expressed himself. But I really appreciated that. But I have a problem with him, Floyd. He's talking before he actually does. This brother has been basketball's version of Mr. Irrelevant for the last two years. You know what I noticed about Ben Simmons? He always makes sure he gets his money. He's never... So disillusioned or foggy that he, he, he forgets when that check gets deposited. Sitting on a bench in orange one week, yellow another, you know, looking like the male model and, and, and looking fly as hell. I wish I looked that good. Brother's a good looking brother. And I ain't swirling like that. I'm a heterosexual, tremendous basketball player. And to be clear, ain't shit as a competitor. Enough of the talk. I want to see Ben Simmons playing basketball. Period. Yeah, I'm going not a big deal. I mean, it's very harsh, you know, what Stephen A. Smith was saying there. But this Ben Simmons is as unlikable as it gets. I mean, go out there and do something. Go out there and do something and then talk about what, you know, talk about how you, you know, your back and what you would do to to last year's version of yourself. I mean, he's a bum. He really is. He is the worst competitor you've seen in forever. Nobody cares. He is completely irrelevant, this Ben Simmons. Shut up and play. I mean, maybe. Maybe you'll play. It's not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So ESPN NBA reporter Mark Spears, here he is recently on the Oregonian podcast called Sports by Northwest. And while they're obviously talking about the Damian Lillard situation, here's Mark Spears. He doesn't understand how everyone's talking down about Tyler Hero. When he's on the floor, there, there, there's some shooters that are on the floor that Put fear in your heart, and he's one of them. And that those are hard players to find. I don't, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of guys that shoot threes. There's not a lot of guys you fear shooting threes, and I think he is one of those guys. So I, 
this this Tyler Hero hate from the beginning has been really confusing to me. Yeah, I'm going big deal because I, I'm with you, Mark Spears. It's bullshit the way people have been talking about Tyler Hero. And I feel bad for Tyler, number one, because he doesn't know where he's going to play next year just yet. And also, it's like, Tyler Hero's had a really good start to his career. And and people talk about him like he's some kind of bum. It's bullshit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? Have this. Known to a Tongabelloa hater, Chris Sims. Chris Sims and, and Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk both giving their AFC East division champion predictions. But my number one team will be the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to pick them number one. I just, you know, I, I believe in Mike McDaniel, what he's doing there. And really, again, their roster, their team, everything they got there is is top notch. The only thing we questioned at all is the offensive line. We questioned it last year. McDaniel's smart. He knows how to hide it for the most part. He gives you a lot of other things you got to slow down the pass rush for, you know, with the reverses and speed sweeps and everything he does that way. So I'm going to go with them one. And, of course, the Jets will be my number two team for a lot of the same reasons. Defense is phenomenal. And they got Aaron Rodgers. O-line we question, but there's actually more potential than Miami. So that's my one and two, Mike. I think the key is to a Tonga Vailoa. Yeah, I hear you. How many games does he play? And we've seen flashes that the jujitsu is working, that the training that he has received and the practice that he has put in to learning how to fall. He's avoided a couple of times having his head strike the turf. He's gone down in a way that suggests he has learned a different habit and he's incorporated it, which is encouraging. If he plays the whole season, and that still is a big if because he's been banged up in other ways. He needs to protect himself in other ways, not just his head. I, I think they're the best team. They're an elite team. And you're right. One seed is going to be hard to do because of the schedule they'll play. Two games against the Jets, two games against the Patriots, two games against the Bills, and the Chiefs and the Eagles and the Chargers and the Cowboys and the Giants. You're not going to be the one seed, most likely. But they will, I think, win the division. I'm going not a big deal. I mean, it's nice that they're picking the Dolphins, but whatever. We know Chris Sims, he hates the Dolphins. So he's allowed to pick all he wants, but I'm going not a big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal. Today, this is a big deal. Pearl Jam starts their 2023 tour tonight. They're playing two shows. It's a very small tour. They're only doing like six cities. They all are doing two shows. So tonight and then Saturday, the second, they're starting the tour. First two shows are in St. Paul, Minnesota. The tour begins tonight. I'm going in Fort Worth, Texas, two weeks from tomorrow, September 15th. I will be there. Me and my boys, the Zaslow boys, we're all going together for the very first time. I love I love you guys. I love you so much. I'll see you in 15 days. Pearl Jam Tour starting tonight. That's a big deal. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal. Brought to us by Water Cleanup of Florida. 954-900-8635. Let Water Cleanup of Florida tell you if it's a big deal or not a big deal. Okay. Hey, make sure you listen to me this afternoon. Once again, I'm filling in on Drive Time ESPN Radio. Hosting Canty and Carlin this afternoon. Doing it with my guy Mark Zinno. So we're filling in for Canty and Carlin. Again, ESPN Radio, 3 to 7 p.m. 3 to 7 p.m. So if you're listening to Zaslow Show 2.0 right now, you finish listening, 
and then you hop on over to ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on the ESPN app. So you can check me out today, hosting Canty and Carlin, 3 to 7 p.m. Thanks to everybody who listened to the show. Thanks to everybody who put together a great show today. I can never do it without all your help. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Go with that. <laughs>